Blog Talk Radio. Did you know that elders and others are losing their rights to liberty and property? Anyone can petition a court to have a person deemed incapacitated. What if that person is you? The adult guardianship system was created to protect incompetent people and their assets. A court-appointed guardian, sometimes a total stranger, can force you into a nursing home and sell your home to pay for services. Treasured belongings can disappear as you are drugged and isolated from loved ones. Why does this happen? Unfortunately, the courts don't have the funding to supervise and audit cases. A guardian makes all decisions decisions on your behalf, taking control of your assets with little accountability. The potential for abuse is frightening. Luckily, not all guardians exploit those under their care, but when they do, there's really nowhere to go for help. The National Association to Stop Guardian Abuse, NASGA, is working to reform adult guardianship to return it to its once noble purpose of protecting the human rights to life, liberty, and property and ending financial exploitation of assets. Are you or your loved ones protected? To learn more, visit StopGuardianAbuse.org. Good evening, everyone. This is Marty Oakley of the PPJ Gazette Online, and this is the TS Radio Network. We're getting back on track here. The last month has been pretty rough, a lot going on, and we're just trying to get our feet back underneath us. Um, These shows are brought to you in coordination with Marcel Reed and the Whistleblower Summit. We have a panel there annually, and we will be expanding that, so we'll be talking more about that later. Uh, co-hosting with me tonight is Kaz Scaife. Say hello, Kaz. Hello. <laughs> hello. <laughs> and Kaz, we have numerous demands for the hog report, so we'll get to that in just a minute. Sounds Our good. Our special guests tonight are Peggy Dupree and Petty Gosnell. And this show basically is to honor their sister who recently passed due to covid uh, Debbie Gosnell, and I believe it's pronounced Balch. I could be wrong, or Balk. Um, yeah. So keep that in mind as you as you listen to the show this evening. It, this is done in her memory. Um, this was very recent, very painful for everyone involved. And we'll be talking about that um, in the interim. There is so much going on, I can't believe it. Had some back and forth with some senators about this recent bill put out by, um, what's her name, Susan Collins and Bob Casey. We already know Bob Casey is worthless, uh, his tits on a bore. Uh, We know that from back uh, Tracy Miller, who begged and pleaded Mm -hmm. with that man to intervene for her brother, who was being abused by that guardian, and he absolutely would not do anything. And Tracy, of course, passed away here a few years back. And uh, but he's so they come out with this stupid stinking bill that is it's not worth the paper it's written on, but it's to placate you and it's to keep you quiet and make you think they really care and they're going to do something. No, they're not. They've known about this system all along. They know exactly how it works, who's accessing it, who's being victimized by it and all this stuff about, well, we don't have the statistics. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. You do. You just pretend you don't. And they know, they know what is being done to people in this country under this system called guardianship or, and or conservatorship. They know it is a system of human trafficking, estate theft. It is a, I think it is one of the biggest blights on our country. And the worst part of it is this is happening globally. 
They are doing this. This system is operational in virtually every civilized country on the map. They have different names for it. They have different court systems. Here we, of course, have probate tribunals, which are not bound by law. They don't follow the code of civil procedures or the rules of evidence. None of that. Um, That potential guardian can stand up in that tribunal and levy all kind of charges against the victim and their family. No evidence required, none ever requested. They said it so it's as if it came from the mouth of God. And it's all written down as if it was fact. There is none. They intentionally move these cases out of state civil courts into these tribunals because in a civil state court, you would have to follow the rules. You would have to produce your evidence. You have a right to a jury trial or trial by jury, depending on which way you want to go there. And in the tribunal, of course, you have none of those things. And the law is the last thing that is considered, if ever, at all. So we're going to be talking about all that tonight. Before we get rolling with our guests, I'm sorry, but due to popular demand, (laughs) it's time for the hog report. Go ahead, Kazi. All right. Well, today's hog, we are going to talk about, we're just going to have to call him the wannabe pop star hog. So, Marty, there is a certain hog. There is a certain hog that is all over the Free Britain. Oh. And, yeah, that, what was, that, the hog is up there. I don't know. <laughs> so, anyway, the hog, um, the hog wants to be at every Free Britney, like, they, I guess they're doing, like, um, uh, protest kind of things. And then... The hog pretends that they are the ones who, like, organized it when they weren't the ones that organized it. Yeah. And then they act like they're the ones who did the website and that they're the ones that are going to all the senators about this. And I guess that the hog wants to be in the next music video. And they are trying so hard, so hard to get noticed by a pop sensation superstar oh wow. i don't know well if you want to see a hog on a music video what do you think Marty? <laughs> well only if they're in thong head. underwear and a wig on no. yes and oh my, uh, gosh, I <laughs> my so anyway so when we have celebrities that you know get in into the news and everything about this we are going to name this the I, I guess maybe let's call it an I want to be a superstar hog, like yes, superstar yes. me. Like I want to be in yes. the next video. I want to dance around. Yes. I want to sing because I'm the one who set you free. I organized all the protests. I met with all the senators. I started a website. I, me, yes. me, 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 me. Yeah, and yes. there's this song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now, yeah. you know, Hit me, baby, one more time. I want to be in the video. There you go. As I understand it, um, letters disinviting, uh, saying their presence was not desired nor wanted, were sent out. Mm-hmm. Um, I know some of the people that have organized these rallies, they're quite incensed 
over this uh, sudden overtaking of all the work they have put into this. And um, so it just, it doesn't surprise me. This is standard method of operation. We have seen this many, many times. Whoa, yeah. what is that? I don't know. I was hearing okay. it a little bit yesterday when I was listening to the show, which, by the way, was a, an amazing show, and people should listen to that if they didn't. You can listen to it on the archives. I heard we, uh, we, got two, we got two notices from Blog Talk last night that we were breaching our bandwidth, which means we had wow. a massive, massive international audience um, we've got to keep track of our people in Australia. They are really under fire over there. Uh, Chris, I'm yeah. concerned about her speaking out um, because yeah. she can be arrested for doing that. And um, mm-hmm. so it's just, and they're they're actually coming against the people shooting at them. They're using rubber bullets for now, like those don't hurt. And um, yeah. but you know something she said, and then we need to get moving on to Peggy and Betty here. Um, something she said because really disturbed me, and she had sent me videos of what she talked about happening on that bridge. And we mm-hmm. were discussing whether or not our own police and military would turn on us. I believe they will. And oh, but she talked about, and she, it's in the video that whoever came at those people was dressed in all black uniforms, black helmets with tinted out visors. No insignias, no mention or indication of who sent them, who they represented, where they came from, nothing. And they opened fire on those people. Who are these people? We saw those same people show up up in Minneapolis-St. Paul. Um, no insignia, riding around in un- unmarked vans, snatching people off the street. They were doing the same thing. Uh, so this is something we need to watch out for. But anyway, I remember. Um, I was. Yeah. I got to tell you, when you talk about that, when we were at the whistleblower summit, we were staying in one of these nice hotels near, near the train station. Is where we were staying, and we were downstairs in the lobby, and we went. They have a little restaurant, and the it was like the host told us, "Oh, there was a little bit of a commotion and going on outside," and he said that he would see these black hands, and they would just pick people off the street. He goes, oh, I think they just, like, grabbed someone off the street. So we were like, what? And I was there with my sister and Austin Gibson. We all heard this. And we are like, really? They just, like, grabbed. He goes, yeah, it's like a law enforcement thing or something. And they just, like, people off the street. So that's scary. It's very Yes, it is. And and before we get into I got to be. I got to give one little update on Pennsylvania. We were talking about the loser, Bob Casey. I mean, any advocate that would even work with him, are you kidding me? So yeah, I no kidding. Know so my uncle was under guardianship in Pennsylvania, and when I reached out to him, you want to know what? He said, you don't live in the state. I, don't, I, you know, I can't help you. Really? But my uncle lived in the state. But he only cares. Yeah. I mean, that's just a bunch of, bunch of BS. Yeah, but anyway, just, yeah, he we is. ended up having like 50 people call his office. We did a little campaign because we had talked to Tammy Baldwin, who said basically advised that what something that we should do because her, Tammy Baldwin, and Bob Casey are on this like elder task force in the Senate. Right. 
And, and she was raised by her grandparents. Wouldn't she be a great guest to get on the show? Anyway, yeah. everyone loves here in Wisconsin. And so she can't really do anything because she doesn't have jurisdiction over there in Pennsylvania. So about 50 of us called in the same day. And it was unbelievable how the buck got passed and how stuff started getting blocked. But anyway, they were saying they only have to take it to the governor's office. Okay, uh-huh. so now let me tell you how scummy this is getting. So gov- the governor there in Pennsylvania is Governor Wolf, and I guess that really corrupt states on their governors because they're so corrupt. Virginia does the same thing. So the Attorney General Office was a Democrat and a Republican, both from Montgomery County, which is one of the most corrupt counties in the United States. So no matter what, when you were voting, Montgomery County had their man in the office. So Josh Shapiro okay. gets it. This scumbag, Josh Shapiro, is now running for governor. This and their office. It's just like, oh my gosh, Pennsylvania is just so corrupt. I yeah. can't wait to see who's going to run against Josh Shapiro. But it's Josh Shapiro is an odd hole. People should not vote for him. He's the Attorney General of Pennsylvania. Bob Casey is an odd hole. He needs he needs to go. Just needs to go. Yes. And he needed to go man. for a long time. Yeah, yep. he's a very wicked man. Very very wicked man. Yep. And I he is a anything that he's up to, it's no good. Wow. Wow. Yeah, okay. he's a terrible person. And with that, yeah. I had to, you know, get a little, get a little. What is that noise? It sounds like a cat. Wow. Well, okay. I'm going to go ahead, uh, if in case it would be me, I'm going to go ahead and just mute myself, and I am going to sit okay. back and enjoy the show. Take it away. All right. All right. Okay. Thanks, All everybody. Right. Oh, all right. Uh, so our guests, like I say, are Peggy Dupree and Betty Gosnell. And ladies, welcome to the show. Thank you, Marty. Yeah. Thank you. We've, we've got a lot to talk about tonight. And Peggy, I'm going to let you girls lead off with this because I know you wanted to do a memorial for your sister. So please go ahead. Yeah. Um, thank you for having me and Betty on. We're, uh, we're with U.S. Partnership Task Force. And for the past year, we've been doing forensic analysis on the guardianship legislation in Alabama, North Carolina, and the state of Florida, and Georgia. And we're working on uh, the first part of the show. We want to talk about uh, critical things that you need to have in place with your wills and PO. In the next hour, we'd like to talk about the legislation and what we're doing and moving forward and, and go that way with it. Like at 9 o'clock, start talking about the legislation. Um, Okay. We're going to start off with, uh, to your viewers, is why is it critical to have a living will and a POA in place in case of a COVID-19? And uh, I'm going to talk to you about Alabama, oh, excuse me, Alabama laws. Well, if you do not have a... Living will in a POA in place in the state of Alabama, what the um, the hospital physicians can do is with uh, uh, the physician, he or she, has, once they induce the patient in a, a coma for 30 days, that physician, they can uh, petition the patient's Social Security benefits 
and they could possibly for the physician to petition for emergency guardianship. Uh, it's very scary what's taking place in these guardianships and how all this COVID and other things, they're implementing these legislation to all run into these guardianships. So if they are not, uh, if they don't have legal, uh, a legal living will or appeal, no, it has to be registered in the courts or it's not legal. A lot of people think, okay. uh, including myself, I run in personally with this situation. I had a, a living will in a POA, but I didn't have it recorded, and due to the fact it wasn't recorded, they would not take it. So I had to get ah. it recorded to make it legal. A lot of people might know that, but some may, so I thought I'd share that information. Thank you. And and it can also, if the physician has done something to a patient and he's made a mistake, with this guardianship petition that he does, it could protect him in the state of Florida by petitioning for the emergency guardianship to cover up his medical errors under the Senate bill endorsed by Kathleen Pasadona of Naples, Florida, the 994. And what happens is, say the doctor makes a mistake. Well, if he petitions for the guardianship and say the, the patient dies, automatically he can have that guardian cremate the body so there's no autopsies. So nobody will right. know what really happened. So there's no liabilities will go back to the hospital. No liabilities will go back to the state. It's, they're all protected, Marty. But the one yes. person that should be protected is the patient, and they're not being protected. It's very scary. Yeah. You know, uh, Pasadomo, uh, here, oh, gosh, it's been some years back. Um, Sam Sugarhead sent me a bill that she had put out, in fact, it's referred to as the Pasadomo Bill, and asked me to go through it and see what it said I did. I got to line 32, and basically what this bill did was set up an obstacle within probate, another agency within probate that must, underline, bolded, must be headed by a member of the Bar Association to make sure you never got out of probate. And, of course, she signed the bill, and Sam stood up there with her grinning, well, as she signed it, or the governor signed it, and but it was it was a big assault on the rights of the people caught into this this system. Florida is just such a disaster. Now we're finding out, as you're showing us, that Alabama and other states are also just as bad. So go ahead, there, Peggy. Yes, and also about the Florida guardianship bill. It's very scary because what has happened now, a lot of people, it's all over the United States, and every state it has this. A lot of people are not aware of this. But what the Department of Justice has done is they have joined forces with the Department of Children and Family, which means Department of Children and Family is over the guardianship because a lot of people don't understand it. It happened in 2020. DOJ uh, wrote into legislation uh Passing the bill, Governor Ron DeSantis of the state of Florida passed it, uh, allowing this to happen. Now, how can that not be a conflict of interest? Say, say a person dies under a guardianship and they cause the death. How can you sue when they're – how can you file your complaints with the DOJ against yeah. the Department of Children and Family when they gave them that permission and they have uh, protected them under the immunity clause? It's so right. scary, Marty, what is taking place in these guardianships where what they're doing is they're taking complaints. And I would, uh, this is just my opinion, do not uh, file a complaint with a senator. I'll tell you why you don't want to do that. 
If you're having a problem with a guardianship case, do not file it with the senators of the state of Florida, especially what they are doing, Marty, is they are studying the complaint, forensic analysis of each complaint will go in. And once they have these subcommittees, and they will study the complaints, and then that's how they're writing the legislation to protect yes. them from lawsuits. I was invited, Marty, to go on to Pinellas County Task Force a few weeks ago to talk about my case. I declined it because I knew what they were doing. They have these advocates. They call themselves advocates, and they're helping the county destroy people's cases so they can't get relief from the damages that the state caused. So be leery, folks, what's taking place. If you get invited to one of these, this is what it's all about. It's to destroy your case. No lawyer in that state will take your case if you go to one of these committees and stuff. Because once they have your information, you're spoiled your evidence. You cannot – it's over with. So a lot of people Maybe don't this understand. Is this is something I brought up here a few years ago about divulging all this stuff to these people in places that could fix it if they wanted to. They get all these complaints, read all these stories, they get all the details, and then you get a senator, a oh, we're going to we're gonna look into this, and by God. And what happens is they go straight to the bar mafia, who then redoes the statute to close the loopholes, just like you're talking about, so that by the time any of your stuff gets to the surface, they've already shot you down. And this is this thing of them being able to go in and change these statutes at will to counter what you have brought ought to be illegal. And nobody, nobody in this country has immunity. The Constitution says the laws will be applied equally to all men. It doesn't say if you got on a black robe or you're a stinking guardian, um, you can't be nailed for something. And how do we, they get away with this? Uh, passing themselves immunity, voting on it. Well, we voted immunity. So I think as advocates, we ought to all vote ourselves immunity from any of the actions of these people. After all, these people do it. And when does the DOJ get get involved in writing legislation? That in itself, as far as I know, federally and state-wise, is prohibited. It's a conflict of interest, and it is. Prohibited, and why is our why is the governor or the state of Florida allowing it? You have to look at the players and see if these people really uh, protecting the state of Florida and the citizens and the people that are traveling yeah. back and forth. The answer is no, they're yeah. not. But we have solutions. There you go. It's time we started having solutions to the problem instead of just talking in circles. And right. I got some solutions. Okay. Uh, to share. Uh, with these, uh, I'm not a lawyer. I like to uh, I like to announce that that way nobody thinks that you know the information I'm giving to you uh, is just my opinion. You can research it. Um, all facts you can verify. Everything I'm saying is facts. Um, one of the reasons I want to talk about it is there's a lot of victims. Cases are being thrown out of court because they're going on Facebook talking about their guardianship case or fraudulent guardianship case and showing pictures. Folks, you're going to get your case dismissed if you continue doing that. Uh, get everything off of Facebook immediately or you will not get legal representation. And another thing is when your attorney starts writing your complaint and she goes into discovery with the uh, the uh, 
opposing defense counsel, and they see that this evidence that could win your case for you, that you've already uh, shown everybody, it can't go to jury. And what happens is defense goes to the judge and files a motion to dismiss evidence because you already shared the evidence before discovery. You have to learn the loopholes of how these attorneys are winning their cases to protect your family and your life because they've already sold your estate. They stole your children, your elderly grandparents, uh, uncles, aunts, parents. So beware of the loopholes and learn the loopholes so you don't get caught in it. And the more people that will educate yourself about the legal system, this fraudulent guardianship will stop. Uh, more people are getting to be aware of what our government is doing to us, and more people are standing up. But we need more more people standing up. We're, we're getting there, but we're not getting there fast enough before they write more legislation to, to uh, cause more loopholes, like you say, Marty. So this is what yeah. I want to talk about. Well, I want to talk about well, what we need to do to things forward. One of the things that is hindering any of this, of course, is what Kaz was talking about, the glory hogs, the people that are in this for reasons other than what we are, and uh, these wannabe celebrities, and they will make deals with the devil and hurt us all and then stand up and say, look at me, look at me. I wish these people would just go away. I wish they would just go find something to do and, and leave us alone to try and fix this system. Um, I'm, I'm not at all impressed with it. Go ahead. We Go need ahead. to protect our federal lives and not the statutorial. Because what has happened throughout the years is they have passed these laws without the people's permission, these statutorial laws. We need to go back to our federal laws where they can't take, they're trying to take all of our uh, Bill of Rights away from us, our human rights. They're already doing that. But we have to get back to our federal rights. So I think that you're right. We all have to stand up, and we have to protect our civil rights and not allow the government to own us. Because if we don't start doing something now, look at that. These are examples. Australia, uh, they're owned by their own government. Look at Cuba, owned by their own government. Look at China. Look at uh, Russia. We're, we're going to be next if we don't stop and work together and demand that we our civil rights are protected and they cannot own us. They're already trying to get into our banks. Uh, uh, President Joe uh, Biden's already trying to pass the bill, and people are fighting with this man in the administration White House to stop him. He's trying to pass the bill where he, his administration, the IRS, excuse me, will have access to everybody's banks. I, that's overreaching. You know, there's no reason for that. They're already going well, to our guardianship. Peggy, none of this, none of this, this whole. COVID fiasco obviously has been shot down so badly, I don't know why they keep pushing it. Yes, people are dying from something, but this COVID thing is just simply the narrative, the cover story for whatever is being done to people. And all of it is being done to facilitate the bringing in of the, the digital currency, the end to private property ownership, the end to anything uh, uh, the submission to total surveillance 24 hours a day and this is about so much more than what what we see and um, so it's yeah and this thing about banking more than anything they want control 
of of the currency of the you know monetary system because once they control that they control you and exactly. that right behind that will be food and water which we're all seeing the beginnings of the food shortage my God what yeah. is that I don't know yeah. so isn't it yeah. Um, what I would like Let's to go back that, to the uh, Alabama and talk about Alabama for a little bit. And what they're doing over there in Alabama through my research is they've got like $487 million allocated to the state of Alabama for the COVID-19. Uh, you know, and then they put in their clause to also out of that $487 million to allocate for prison systems out of that COVID-19. So they're using these uh, um funds for other things and stealing from taxpayers. And the reason they're building more yeah. pre- uh, prisons is because they know what's fixing to take place because they know what yes. they're doing to us. You know, yes. uh, food shortage. Uh, where I live at, you can hardly buy a pack of chicken that's uh, $20 for a pack of chicken. You believe that? Yes. A pack of chicken yes. $20. It's ridiculous. They're doing that pers- personally to starve people out. Yes. Yes, and we have uh, we have uh, our own. And they started building them during Bush Cheney uh, concentration camps. I call them. They have other names for them, but under that Rex eighty four program, they have they have built these all over the country. And Homeland Security is hiring people to manage these camps because of those of us who refuse the vaccination which is not a vaccine, get, it, get over it, people. It is not a vaccine. They have admitted it does not qualify as a vaccine. This is an alteration to your DNA. They have admitted that. And I've talked to the doctors and have confirmed that. Yes. Um, by the way, I um, uh, on uh, Betty's line muted her up and that growling stopped. So, Betty, that's coming off of you, and I don't know why. And... Uh, but that growling interference there was something on your line, and um, but yeah, there's uh, there these things are fixing to come apart, and I, I just pray everybody that can survives it. And but Peggy, don't you see a a an, an absolute coordinated effort to get rid? of anybody over 60, to get rid of anybody who's chronically ill. And in the midst of that is what we call collateral damage, people who get caught in this web for reasons we will never know that succumb to this, whatever this is. And what we have to figure out is what the delivery system is for what they are doing, because it is not this phantom virus that nobody can isolate or identify um, well, that what, is not what it very is. Disturb- Go ahead. What's very disturbing to me in, in the uh, state of Alabama and the hospitals is they have lockdowns, Marty, where they won't allow no one to go visit the patients. Okay, so you don't know right. if they're being uh, – the, the first time I had spoke to the nurse nur- – nur- uh, I can't even speak sometimes, excuse me – the nurse in Alabama, she had told me that they were overcrowded and my sister was in the hallway. Well, that was the last time I was able to talk to a nurse about my sister Debbie's condition. And we right. don't know if she died of over-medication. We don't know if she died yep. because of the ventilator. We don't know if she died of um, 
uh, uh, medication, reaction of medication. She was 54 years old, beautiful, uh, pretty active and healthy. Uh, you know, they wouldn't allow no doctors to come in to see her, only their doctors. And due to the fact she did not have something recorded in the court, they blocked uh, her family from getting an expert to come in to evaluate her situation to help her. Mm-hmm. Within uh, seven days after she arrived there, uh, she was pronounced dead. You know, so we'll never know what yeah. happened to her. You know, was it the uh, yeah. when they did the um, when they um, medicated her? We don't know what happened. It's, we're very devastated. Yeah. The whole family is. You know, we still can't believe that she passed. You know, it happened so yeah. quick. And I thought to myself when I was talking to my other sisters, Connie and Betty, I was saying this would be a great time to go on Marty's show and talk about why it's critical to have this living will and the PO in place because I've learned some loopholes that these hospitals are getting by with to prevent the families to intervene. Like if we would have had a living will in place for Debbie and or a POA and we would have had all of our names signed to it, we could demanded uh, expert COVID to go in and evaluate her situation and address her situation. But since we didn't have that in place, that's how the doctors were able to take custody over our sister. So the state had custody of our sister, so we couldn't do anything about it. So that was very disturbing to us. And, you know, thank God they didn't petition for a guardianship. It it didn't go that way. It went pretty fast. You know, she passed Mm -hmm. and then she was buried and everything, so, uh, yeah. but I don't well, want other people Peggy, to suffer like my sister did. These hospitals, almost virtually every one of them, have gone to using hospitalists, and that, these are doctors that are, they, the only place they work is in the hospital, and the big selling point to the public is, we have doctors available for you 24 hours a day. Uh-huh. As soon as you sign into that hospital, your doctor is out the door. They can't see you. They don't look at your files. They don't look at anything. It's all dependent on this in-house doctor and his diagnosis. And these people are a danger to everyone. They, the last thing they care about is, is your health. It's about profits. Um, they contract with the hospital with a guarantee they'll increase profits by 20%. And most people don't know that when you go in the hospital now, one of the things that's done is they're admitting you is an asset search. I caught them doing this to me here some years back. And I said, why are you doing an asset search? Well, we want to make sure you can pay the bill, Marty. I said, I have two insurance cards down there. I think I'm covered. But they no, target people this today. way. Yeah, well, they, they talk to the, go ahead. We talked to an Alabama attorney, and I explained that within about an hour or two, when she was admitted into the hospital, they put her on a ventilator. And I was devastated because I heard, I have been hearing horror stories of people being, yes, they, that's what's causing the person to die, you know. So yes. I was scared to yes. death. And the attorney told me there's a loophole, though, in Alabama, you know, in that state, I can't say any other state, that if you would have had your living will in appeal A recorded clerks, you could have brought in an expert in. Okay, there is loopholes, and you have to learn those loopholes. So in Alabama, right. if you have a willing, uh, living will and appeal A down there, and you get it recorded, it does protect the patient more. Okay. 
So I would, okay. I would really recommend you do that if you live in the state of Alabama. But if you do not, this is what's going to happen. After 30 days. And wow. one other thing family members in Alabama needs to remember, and the state of Florida, too, does this, that if you enter your email address, they have a statute in each of these states that if you enter your email, with you are considered in their jurisdiction, and they can take custody of you. So never give them your email address in the state of Florida or Alabama, okay? And then wow. after 30 days, then they can petition for guardianship for your Social Security and stuff. So you have to learn these yep. loopholes is critical. So those are two things in the last few weeks I learned. Don't give out. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this, is, you, this is important information, everybody. You need to be making notes. So she'll be available in archives so you can go back and listen again if you need to. But you need to be taking this information down. And like Peggy said, she's not talking as an attorney or giving legal advice. She's talking from her own experience, what she learned exactly. from her own experience. So, um, and to attorneys who say, you're practicing law without a license, so are you. All you got is a bar union's dues card. That's all you got. But uh, it just, like I say, take this information down and research it. The HALO um, organization, that's HALO.org, um, has a whole collection of all these documents that you need. You can pick and choose what you want, and they do send them to you. They, are, they do cost, um, and I would recommend using them, though the cost is minimal. And, uh, but they have all of these documents available for you. Uh, that you need to fill out. And this thing with power of attorney, Peggy, uh, we see in these probate tribunals, they discard these instruments all the time. How is there any way to stop that? Repeat that again. Well, they like let's say you've got this POA, and they try to guardianize you, and you say, I've got this power of attorney, blah, blah, blah. And the probate examiner will discard that and say that it, you know, it has no bearing there and they're going to move on. They discard the legal instrument. Uh, we've caught them doing this almost in every case. They uh, 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 discard wills and trusts and everything. Up in Minnesota here last year, they tried to pass a bill. They were doing this anyway, but they were trying to codify it into law, allowing the guardian to... Um, remove beneficiaries on insurance and estates and all of that and replace them of ones of their own choosing, even if it was themselves. And um, that bill didn't pass, but they're still doing it anyway. But this is what I'm saying. How can we enforce, like the POA, if we've got a probate examiner who will make sure it has no effect, as if it never well, one existed? Thing, one thing I have discovered from my own personal uh, case is if you live in another state, they have to abide by that. Like I have, a, I have a fraudulent guardianship going on in the state of Florida. I'm not a resident of Florida, so I'm not in their jurisdiction. So if you go and you record something there, like say you have your lawyer in uh, Georgia or North Carolina, write up your POA or living will, and you have to travel to another state for like more than 30 days. If you're there for more than 30 days, I would highly recommend you record it in that court. That way they have to follow that PO because they have no jurisdiction because you have to clarify that you're not a resident there. You're just visiting because after 30 days, okay. people don't understand 
you become a resident of that state, whether you're just visiting or not, but you have to have stipulations in there to protect yourself. Say, this is a clause that I'm not a resident, I'm just visiting. Because then they'll want you to start well, doing geez, your job you, and wait a for 30 days. Just like when I, I moved here from Minnesota, and, and I've known this before. It's 180 before I lost my Minnesota residency and 180 days before I obtained residency here. So how could it be different in this, uh, this 30-day thing? This has to be another one of those arbitrary things they stuck in there that has nothing to do with the law. Well, I know that in North Carolina I have 30 days to change over, which, you know, if I, I'm coming from another state, uh, you have right. to check your own state to see what the laws are. I'm just telling you the states I'm in. Uh, okay. I know that Florida okay. Florida um, told my husband he has only, because he's working down here, he only has 30 days to change it. Or, or if they catch him driving, they can give him citations and stuff. So check into what state you're in. And also, uh, you have to remember, a lot of law enforcement, not everybody don't follow the laws. So you, you have a lot to deal with when you're dealing just like with the fraudulent guardianship. Just because laws are in place, Marty, doesn't mean they're the, the law officers or the senators or the uh, judges are going to follow those laws. That's just like, for instance, with the PACER account, I'll give you an example of the PACER's account. A lot of people don't understand that the reason they have to have that email address is to get, have jurisdiction over you. So that way, okay. they, the judge has authorities to write court orders. So you don't want to do a PACER account. I refuse to do explain a PACER account. Explain what that account. is, Peggy. Okay. Explain what a PACER, PACER account, account is. PACER account is either for a proceed litigant that's following their own complaints, petitions, or motions or attorneys. What happens is uh, a lot of people were using a PO box address, okay? So they're, they're like a lot of migrants were, uh, you know, going from Texas to Florida, right? They had several cases down here where, you know, they wasn't residents there, but the judge was doing orders, and they were able to get by with that, and they won lawsuits. So what legislation did down there in Florida was make sure that, you know, if they have a PO box and an email address, after 30 days, they could justify doing court orders on people. So that's very important to remember those things. Don't do a PACER account with your email address. If your attorney wants your email address, don't give it to him. Because as soon as he puts your email address on there, you'll get information on your case, but also you're giving that, that county authority over you. You don't want that. Okay. See, I didn't have any clue that that was going on. Absolutely none. Yeah, they tried that trick with me, and it didn't work. <laughs> I bet it not. I bet not. I, this all to, is just. You have to learn these people I'm gonna you know, try for a year them. now. I've been studying their behaviors. Just like they study right. ours, I decided to study their behaviors and stuff, and I have learned so much. And a year's time that I'm prepared to start doing the legislation, and I'm wanting to put Good. a team together and start working because we need okay. to fight. This this doesn't this revolve. This is everybody. It doesn't matter if you're rich, poor, homeless. It it protects everybody. We need to start standing up because if we don't, for example, Australia, Cuba, listen to those poor people where they're being victimized and stuff because. 
They let their guns, I don't know their laws or anything, so I really can't go into talking about their legislation, but uh, they don't have guns or anything. I, I was listening to your show last night. I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe these people yeah. do not have rights to firearms. And I said, no, this they is took, what's going to happen they took, that away. If we, uh, they took that away 20 years ago, Peggy, and everybody had yeah, to turn in all their firearms, even family heirlooms, collector's items, everything. It was all destroyed, supposedly. That is terrible. And, and this is know, what Chris feel- said. Yeah, and see, this is what Chris said. We're disarmed, so they think we're disempowered, which they're showing them they are not. But this is why they want to strike down the Second Amendment here. They're doing every red flag gun laws and, you know, and all this other BS and uh, deciding that all military retired personnel um, have PTSD, whether they've ever been treated for it or not. So you can't own a gun because, God forbid, our retired veterans might stand up for us. But it's the they don't care what we've got. You have to under <coughs> excuse me. You have to understand that they don't care because yeah, the weapons they got are absolutely terrible. They are terrible. But it's the disempowering, the psychological disempowerment that you have no way to defend yourself. That's what they're after, and that's what happened so, in Australia. But it's backfiring. Go ahead. It's happening over here in the United States where the government thinks that, you know, they know more than we know, and you got about 50 or 60 people running this country and trying to make it a communist country, taking away our guns, uh, controlling what we eat, what we say, controlling our money, controlling when we die, when we live. It's ridiculous. It's got to stop. This is fascism. This is the incorporation of everything. This, again, was all about in the initial shutdowns. They shut down all the family businesses, independent businesses. They shut down all of that. You couldn't be because somebody might get COVID. But they left Walmart open and Home Depot and several other big box stores that have hundreds of customers every day. And it didn't seem that apparently COVID didn't go in there. And But it, we lost an estimated 66,000 small businesses across the country, and I I still say that number is far too low, but they destroyed the local economy every place they could. And now I say next is coming food and water. Um, You watch and see this is, it's it's going to get ugly. In the city where I live, it's already happening where, you know, they they talk about how many people that's got the COVID-19 where you can't buy bleach, you can't buy Lysol wipes there. You barely can find toilet paper if you're lucky. Uh, and then you have to go to Amazon to buy your supplies because uh, the stores are not like Walmart's where I live at hardly has it. This is Walmart's, for God's sake. They should have this stuff. And you yep. go in, yep. and the, the manager says, because of the freights. They're holding the freights, yep. and we're not getting our merchandise. But yet you go on ABC or NBC News, and they're saying the freights are coming out, and they're giving the merchandise to the retailers. That's not happening. Misinform- no. The, you know, but, the government's giving misinformation out on the news. When, the, when this first started, remember, and everybody was ready to kill each other with toilet paper. Yes, that struck me really odd because I thought, you know, if you were fighting over the last steak, I could see this possibly. But toilet paper, there are so many alternatives to it. Why would you be concerned? And then I find out that this was a PSYOP run out of the CIA 
it was global. They did the same thing in Australia. People were ready to kill each other over toilet paper. And how successful it was, subliminal messaging, messaging on social media, on your TV, and even on your radio. Uh, subliminal messaging and they, the, how effective this was in the mindset of people. And um, what they were saying was, we're going to run out of toilet paper. You better get toilet paper. You're not going to have any toilet paper. And this went on and on. It went on for two months prior to the announcement that supposedly we had this plague. And people, like I say, were, were threatening to kill each other over toilet paper. That was the giveaway right there that there was something else at work. This was ludicrous. It was absolutely ridiculous. And um, I could see, you know, if you were, like I say, fighting over the last steak, because that's food. But toilet paper? Nah. Nah. And, um, but I've noticed the same thing here, Piggy. Walmart, I despise that store. The shelves in, in like, the food section, many of them are empty. The freezers are empty. Um, what's passing for meat will make you want to throw up. And... I, I don't I don't know and they're putting in all these self checkout things and I was standing in a big long line one cashier they had ten stations but only one cashier the rest of it was self checkout but the stores people are backed up through the stores waiting on this cashier and the lady came up there and she says we have self checkout why don't you use that I said because that's at least two or three people that lost their job that's why and I said and the I other did thing the same is thing when I if, go to the stores yep. And I said, the other thing is, if I go to all the trouble to spend my money in your store to shop in here, the least you can do is check me out and say thank you exactly. for visiting our business. That's yep. right. And uh, uh, they didn't like that. But the last time I went in, they had four or five windows open, which surprised me. But it just it, it, all the indicators are there, Peggy. But this roundup of the elderly... And the theft of estates, and this is the biggest transfer of wealth that has ever occurred in this country. And it's all protected by the bar mafia, this whatever it is that passes for our judicial system, uh, and our politicians sitting there letting it happen. And for some yeah. reason, they want all of us gone. They want I'm Betty, very um, concerned about – go ahead. Yeah, Betty, I, un- I undid you. You're live again, and that growling has stopped. Did you have anything you wanted to add? She's not talking to us. <laughs> Betty. Mm. Well, I don't know go what ahead. happened to her thing. I don't either. But uh, I got her live in case she wants to join back in. But uh, that, like I say, that growling and interference stopped. But, um, I, you know, the, it, it, there, I want to ask you what you think about Uniform laws, when when I see uniform laws passed, what I know the trap has been set because you have nowhere to go and nowhere to hide. They're, they're allowed to do the same thing in every state. They can cross state lines and do the same things, and they are protected by this uniform law. I am totally against uniform laws because it removes the rights of the people of each individual state to make their own decisions about how something should be handled. And mm-hmm. 
you know, and that's the way I feel about that. One of the things, well, actually several things, I think, should be included in every state, and that is if someone attempts to snatch you from your home and you call the police, their first obligation is to protect you, not that guardian, not some damn attorney, but the victim. You protect that person until things can be sorted out. And but we all know that when you try to report any of this, you go to they say go to the police, you go to the police. Oh, you have to go to the sheriff's department. You go to the sheriff. Oh, you have to go to the attorney general. You go to the attorney general, and they say go to the police. And it's, yeah. it, they're all they're all scratching each other's back. Um, and I've talked about this yeah. before, and we keep talking about it till people catch on. That 2019 Elder Justice and Protection Act, another big load of crap. It was a bill that addressed Internet scams and mail fraud against the elderly, reiteration of state and federal laws, over 1,500 of them, on this against this kind of thing. The clanker in it, and of course we had certain advocates out there going, I'll take what I can get. Well, you got nothing, so are you happy? Uh, it's a good bill. Uh, for somebody, but not us, the indebtedness center of that bill, Peggy, is said to further fund and empower. And here they had listed every agency we fight and added about 20 more. That's what that bill was about, was expanding the system. And that when I saw advocates going, up, at least they did something, they did nothing but hurt you. What is wrong? Right. Peggy, I don't understand. What's wrong with these people? I don't know if they get starstruck. Um, I don't know if they, the, the wannabe celebrity BS is so so strong. In them. I, don't, I don't know what it is. But you just got yeah. had. Exactly. What, what the well, hell? I could tell you from experience, Marty, about this uniform law. What I would say, what I think personally about that is, um, you know, they've tried some of that with me in the court case, my court project uh-huh. court case that I'm dealing with in Florida. I had a I had a judge, criminal defense judge, seeing the case in a guardianship, which didn't make no sense. And then I had a former judge that was a criminal defense on the opposing party, and I had all of them was criminal defense attorneys in a guardianship case. Here you have me, a pro C, right? It was so uh-huh. funny. You wonder where they get their uh, law license at. They get me in there, and they got so mad with me because they they tried everything they could to get me in their statutory jurisdiction, and they couldn't do it. You have to learn the little tricks, Marty, because if you don't, yeah. that's how the judge will, will be able to write her order well. They got me in the a hearing, and I had wrote a motion, and I said I object under the uh, the federal law, the UCC, I'm under, and you don't have jurisdiction over me because I'm not giving you jurisdiction over me. They were so angry, they couldn't write an order against me because they knew it was true. People have to learn. You have to learn to stay in the federal law and not get in the statutory law because once they get you in that statutory law, you can't get out of it. And that's what I want to talk to you about at 9 o'clock, what we're trying to do to, to get these people because I've been studying their behavior for about a year. I'm pretty pretty uh, confident in myself now to get my team together 
and, you know, we got to do this all at one time. We can't just do one state and do the other because once they catch right. on with what we just did to them, uh, then they're going to start blocking the other states and doing loopholes. We can't yes. let them know what we're doing. we got to hit them all at one time. So at 9 o'clock, we'll start talking about some things that uh, I want to do and, and form a group. But i got to have dedicated people that want to do it because what we're trying to do is have other alternative ways to get away from the guardianship. What they've done is rename the guardianship to decision-making. They just changed the name because it got so much um, – all over the news, there was That's so much correct. coverage yes. all over the news about the the fraud they're doing, stealing the state, stealing children, stealing the parents, killing, all kinds of horror stories that was going on. So these senators are very smart in what they did. Okay, we're not going to give up all these millions of dollars being funded into our states. We're just going to change names, calm the citizens down, and continue doing what we're doing. That's exactly what yep. they're doing. They're changing it. We already know the little gang, so now we got to up our game, I say. Yep, I agree. I agree. Um, and it's hard to find good people who, who are dedicated, who will uh, stand the test of time and hang in there with you and be money. active. I don't make no money. Yes, exactly. I've and the thing is, Peggy, hours for the last hour for the last year, excuse me, I've spent thousands of legal research hours on my own learning how to advocate for other victims, and myself included. Yeah, well, and the thing is, see, and, and I had this same conversation with someone else just today, and I've had a few people close to me <laughs> who have helped me from time to time, and I truly appreciate it as I run on, you know, a whisper and a prayer. And the thing is, and I've had people when I say, you know, they say, well, do you want a donation? Well, that would be nice. It's not required, but it'd be nice. Oh, so you're just in it for the money. Excuse me. You're the same person that wouldn't raise your hand without getting paid. But I have put in, I don't know how many hours a week for 13 years now. And I didn't demand anything from you. Yeah, I said I didn't ask you for anything. You brought this up, not me. But they do. People expect you to do it for free. Somehow you owe it to them to do it for free. And especially, we've been already hurt. Now you're asking for money. I never asked you for any money. Well, I know, you know, you probably need the help, but we've been hurt. Yeah, I've been hurt, too. I've been hurt, too. And um, But this thing of, like you say, you do it for free. And yet a lot of these same people who availed themselves of your free services will turn on you like a pit viper. And uh, But come back around, well, I was wrong, and I thought this, and no, nah, no, nah. go on somewhere else, please. And But I just, I know what you, you get disheartened after a while. Like I say, there's a few people close to me that have helped me out, Peggy, when I desperately needed it. And I, I don't know what I would have done without them. But I would say 99.9% of the people that I have dealt with, they could care less if I fell on the ground and caught fire and burned up. They don't care. Somebody else will take your place. Somebody else will pick it up. Uh, that's and, not true. Um, not many people out there are doing what you're doing, uh, Marty. Uh, I think yeah. you and Lou Ann is the only two that I'm aware of that really <laughs> dedicate their life to trying to help other people. And it's so sad that people are not help. There's not more people out there. Me, I'm trying yeah. to do my share by studying the legislation. So I know what I'm doing, and I know how to 
talk to these senators and legislation to help yes. myself and other victims. And this is so not, important. This is this is stuff we don't hear anywhere else about the trickery in this stuff and learning about these loopholes. And all. this information is extremely valuable, Peggy, um, because how they beat us is with this uh, word art, um, this foreign language they use in the law or lack thereof. And this is, see, this is answering a lot of questions for me. How did they get this done? This, oh, you go right on ahead and let it rip. Well, I got so determined and so frustrated because, like, I hear you saying, other, I hear other victims coming on your show. I did everything right. I filed a police report. I went to the DA's office. I went to the attorney general. I went to the governor's office. FBI, I've done everything I'm supposed to do, but it's not working. It's the way they did it that didn't work. And that's why I want to talk in a few minutes about solutions and how we can turn it all around to make it work to protect everyone, not just a certain group, everyone. And I, I got into lobbyists now. I think I told you a few months ago that, you know, I was seriously thinking about doing it. And you got to be very dedicated, and I am. Uh, my son is in a fraudulent guardianship, and my nephew is. And, you know, and I know that if I don't stand up, if families don't unite and stay together, uh, nobody, you, we're all going to be uh, victimized. We all have to start working together as a family and staying united and not allow these people to destroy our freedom. So, you know, I told my sister, we don't have no choice. I talked to Betty. I said, we have to learn the laws or else we're going to drown in this big ocean. I said, either learn, learn to swim or drown, and I chose to learn to swim quick. So that gave me motivation. And when I go to sleep, I think about Penny Lee and Jamie and these fraudulent guardianships. And now my sister is a victim of COVID, and what they did to her was didn't need to put her on a ventilator. So she got in the hospital. She was dead within days. Uh, they're killing people, and they made $54,000 just to diagnose her as a COVID patient in Alabama. They received $54,000 just to diagnose a patient. They're telling how much more money they made off of my sister. Another thirty-four five for the ventilator. Um, and one of, the, yeah. one of the people we've had on the show, Dr. Reiser, um, which is he's in the hospital now fighting for his life. And they put him on a ventilator. And, uh, but I had talked to a microbiologist that I have had an association with for several years. And I asked him about the ventilators. He's the one that told me that 94% of the people out in New York, when this all first started, that they put on ventilators died. And a lot of hospitals quit using them. And I said, but why? And I don't want to tell you what he told me. Um, but the ventilators are a way out. Um, and and there's, there's a, yeah, they, they are a way out, and they are worth $34,500 from Health and Human Services every time you hook one up. So um, I, I don't know. I say there's things I'm just not going to say right now. And... Um, but it just, I, I don't know what this is going to take. You would think, Peggy, 
after that um, movie came out on Netflix of I Care A Lot. And that thing really hit a home run. When people realized this was based on actual cases. And then with the Britney Spears thing, of course, and then Nichelle Nichelle Nichols, who was in Star Trek, Lieutenant O'Hara, Max, I can't remember his last name, the artist, Uh, but we're finding these people all over the place that have been guardianized, these former celebrities, large estates. And I think this is what's driving it home for people. This can happen to you. And behind all of this, I heard a lot of people, Peggy, saying, oh, well, you know, I don't have an estate. They don't care. Uh, Look at that dog running up there in Detroit, that Mary Rowan. 1,700 wards. Think yeah, about look, that, 1700 That's a lot of, of victims. And she's collecting have, everybody's Social Security. Exactly. Yeah. I was fixing to say that. People don't understand, Marty. You don't have to be a millionaire to be victimized in a guardianship. No. They can take federal funding, and it's a trillion-dollar business, these guardianships, the federal funding. Why do you think we're in uh, a trillion-dollar deficits, the government is? Why do you think yeah. that the tax keep rising? I mean, we're drowning because our own government is robbing us blind. Yes. And all this thing- money that they just talked about, raising the debt ceiling, we were already at a, back 20 years ago at the point of unrepayable debt. And they talk about default. They aren't talking about defaulting on the debt, but on the uh, service fees and interest alone. We can't pay it. And whose land and property and assets do you think they hypothecated to borrow this money, meaning the government used your assets as collateral to borrow money? When they stand up and say the full faith and credit of the people of the United States, they're talking about you, your labor, and what you own just got put up as collateral. Who do you think is going to be held responsible for paying this money back? We are. We are. I know. Uh, yep. One thing that I, I have to say that I, they try to they try to target on dysfunctional uh, family members. Uh, families need to realize the government's not for you; it's only for themselves. So they need to start learning that just because you know you're you're arguing, keep it within the family. Work together as a family. Stop feuding over your mother's and father's estates. Work together as a family. Grow your own food as a family. Uh, Yep. Uh, you know, share the money together. Do like the Amish. Start learning to get off the government system because the more people keep letting the government in our lives, the more powerful these people are going to become. Look what, what they're doing yes. in the last five years since I, my son's been put in a fraudulent guardianship. All these Senate bills I have been studying, it scares me to death, Marty, uh, what they're doing. Yeah. They are linking these guardianships with uh, medical, uh, Social Security, yes. banking. Uh, cremation, they are going to control when we die, how we die, who gets our money. It won't be our families. People need to wake up and start working together as families, no feuding, grow our own food. Don't don't even bank. I hate to say this. Keep your money away from the banks. Don't discuss your assets. Look what our our, our grandparents used to do. You never heard our grandparents, great-grandparents talk about their finances. They didn't bank. No. because they no. kept their mouth shut. You know, they didn't want the government yep. in their business. And we're going to have to start getting the same mindset. If we don't, we're going to lose everything. The banks are 
supposed to protect our money, but who they're going to do? They're protecting the government. It's our money right. so that if this bill passes, and the IRS is going to be able to monitor our money, take your money out of the bank. Yeah. Stop letting well, the government the, control You know, us. on the, the land ownership, I've been seeing articles pop up here and there. They're, they're starting the, the social conditioning about it isn't right uh, for, uh, like, children to inherit their parents' property. That should be put up for sale, and they should not be allowed to inherit. That's not right. Really? Why not? I see the black thing, same thing with the black farmers, and they have a lot of what's called heirs' property. The title simply transferred from one generation to the next. This has been a recognized system, legal, for God, a couple hundred years. But right. now they're thinking maybe that's not a good idea. They shouldn't be able, and they're going after the black farmers, their families, trying to wrestle this land away from them. What also concerns me in all of this of course, I think Bill Gates should be locked away from society. I think he's a danger not only to us but to himself. And he now has uh, sucked up almost 300,000 acres of prime agricultural land in this country. And simultaneously, USDA has deregulated GML corn and soybeans and apples. And... Um, He's also doing the lab-grown meat and the biggest force behind ending cattle grazing. Uh, we don't need to be eating beef. We can eat this crap he grows in the lab. But this is who's going to try to leverage the food system. And That's what I'm, I'm saying, telling Marty, you, you, you can think I'm crazy. from the grocery stores. Because yep. everything is controlled now by our government. Uh, you know, if the grocery stores get these big federal tax incentives, and, you know, they don't care what they're selling to the customers. So we need to be proactive and start growing our own food and stuff. A lot of people yes. don't want to do go back to the old ways, but we really do need to do it to protect ourselves yes. because look what they're putting into the foods. I heard somebody was putting graphene oxide uh, in water and food supplies. You know, we have to be yep. very cautious. Yep. Graphene oxide is in all these so-called vaccines. It is embedded in these masks people insist on putting on their faces. I refuse. I will not do it. Um, but it is a known carcinogen, very virulent car carcinogen, but it also is very disruptive to the human DNA. Now, why is it in this vaccine and in these face masks that you're breathing in and out? Um, it just, it, you know, and then the problem became people got fungus in their mouth from this rebreathing their own breath through these masks and fungus started growing in their mouth and it covered their tongue and everything else they said oh it's covid mouth no it isn't it's a fungus it's a yeast infection caused by wearing that mask and of course this got down into the lungs caused infection but i talked about this last night peggy here flat od they talked about having administered the previous fall the flu vaccine 50, they forced everybody in-house to take it. They, more than 52% of their employees fell seriously ill, so they dissected this vaccine, and they find loaded in it three strains of this SARS-CoV-2 virus, and the fourth one was a bacterial strain of pneumonia. Gee, what's hitting these people, pneumonia? And mm -hmm. I think it would be very interesting to figure out how many people 
got the flu vaccine and ended up with this bacterial pneumonia. And um, I, I just think there's a connection there. I Snapchat snapped that page and because and I was I knew it would happen about two weeks later it was gone, but I have it and. Um, but oh, wow. this, like I say, it's a delivery system. How are they delivering this stuff? And, and it isn't it isn't some virus, not in the sense they're talking about. And the other thing I know is just like, and I brought this up before, the anthrax attacks after nine one one came right out of Fort Detrick. And the reason they know that was because they analyzed it. It had chemical markers in it. It's like a recipe, so to speak, patented. And it had these chemical markers in it indicating it came from Fort Detrick, weaponized anthrax. And, you know, it's and so I think scary, the reason, uh, Marty. Okay, go ahead. It's what's, go ahead. what's terrifying is they're allowing these kind of diseases to be patented, you know. To, yes, you know, before that, they show up, isn't that something? Me. I want to talk yep, to you a minute about the patent. Go okay. ahead. Well, you know, Ebola uh, patented by yeah. George Bush Sr. and the FDA. And uh, it, they said, oh, it was an old virus that sprung up in the jungles because they removed trees and it was in the ground. No, it wasn't. The only people that got Ebola were the people that took the vaccine when the military showed up. And it's a hemorrhagic type thing, and they bled to death. And um, it, there's been other instances, too, they have tried numerous times but you find these as you say these patents on these so-called viruses and diseases years before they showed up how in the hell did you know have you got a crystal ball i want to know exactly yeah go ahead you know we were talking about that land i don't want to be jumping around but i did want to touch base a little bit of what you was talking about you know the land and stuff uh, you know, in 1955, when Roosevelt uh, was giving these people heirs to the property, you know, to take it away, you know, so they could uh, rewrite the, the laws and stuff, uh, you right. can still do today, if you know how, the land patents. And not just the deeds, yeah. but record land patents of your your land to protect yourself. Right. And it falls back well, under the thing- federal federal laws. One of the things that I keep pointing out to people is, if you think you own your house and you paid the mortgage off, you don't own nothing. Look at your deed. Look at your deed. Well, that's it says you are a tenant. So you do own it uh, clear. Yes. You've got to get it patented. Now, you're going through the process now. Well, and that's it. You're absolutely right. But uh, people are just shocked when they read their deed and it says you are a tenant, not the owner. You're a temporary person on that property. And as we've talked about, try not paying the property tax even after you've paid your mortgage. They'll come take that land right away from you. And oh, no, um, oh, But I'm, yeah, I'm seeing a lot of, especially coming out of the U.N., which has been going on a long time, but about how the ownership of property is an injustice. If you own property and I don't, that's an injustice to me. No, it isn't. It means I don't own property. That's all it means. But they, right. under all of this, too, they are going to remove property ownership. So everything is held by the government. Everything is exactly. owned by the government. You remember in 1955 and 1966, you know what was going on there. You know, Remember, our families did have the land patent, Marty, back then. Yes. 
and uh, it was under the federal laws and everything. And then in 1956, they started writing legislation to try to trick the public into waiving their rights to the patent. So you have to remember that you can't, you don't waive your rights. You have to reapply for your patent and stuff. A lot of people get pissed off. They don't want people to know it's still active as of today. You have to get the land patent again. You have to rewrite the clause the way it was in 1955 and 1956, submit it in to land management. Then they record, okay. they get all the information, and then they record it in the court where you reside at. Wow. Wow, wow. Mm. You still there? Yeah, I'm here. I was just talking. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, and that's what I'm saying. They're after everything. This is a multi-pronged attack. And what's happening to the elderly in this country <laughs> under the guise of this so-called guardianship system, uh, quite personally, I would be ashamed to be called a guardian. And the system never was set up to care for somebody who might be you know, uh, vulnerable. It never was that. Uh, this has been in play for 2,000 years and where the government or the king or the emperor or whomever would simply abduct someone and then claim whatever they owned. And um, it's still going on today. It never was a good Samaritan type thing, ever. Well, but damned if they haven't taken it to new heights. Yep. Once I'm finished learning all this land patent and I get through it and stuff, we need to all do it. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm just going through okay. the first phase, and uh, the land management's given me a very hard time, but I'm fighting with them because in 1956 our families did have it land patent, and we didn't waive our rights. Um, right. So we are fighting this. I do know several people that have their own land patent, and it's recorded in the, their clerks. And that means that you don't have to pay the taxes on it, and the the um, the counties don't want people to know this stuff, you know. And that's another oh, thing I, didn't I know think that. we need to all start learning. Oh yes, well I think we need to start learning is make it where the government don't want our family members, you know, fight back, learn learn everything you possibly yeah. can learn out there to make your family not be a target. Stick together as a family, work right. together and- as a family, protect your land. Like the Amish do in other countries. Well, I don't really know any other countries because they're falling apart before our eyes. Yes, yeah. yes they are. Yes yeah. they are. Dazi, you got anything calling. you want to add in here? I I I've been having technical difficulties where I've been gone. I've been I've just been fascinated. I'm excited to hear about this land stuff because it is crazy. Like. I mean, I pay seven thousand dollars a year for property tax. That's I don't have this giant house. It's crazy. That's a lot of money. Listen, wow. Do research on nineteen fifty, okay? Look at your grandparents' uh-huh. uh, pet and stuff, and follow that format, and then uh, rewrite it up and stuff. A lot of lawyers won't do it because you know they probably will get yeah. retaliated back. You have to learn how to do it. Take the right. land manager. They will say, "No, we're not doing this." Yes, you are doing this. Because I never agreed to waive my right. Federal okay. laws, that's why I'm telling Marty this next hour, we need to start talking about the federal laws I'm talking about and not the statutorial mm-hmm. laws that's been put in place for us. We've got to get away from that. We, not, we need to get back to the federal laws and to, to preserve our patent and our lands so the government can't take right. it away from us. They can't tax it. No, they can, Marty, tax you one time. 
Now, I do know two other cases that I'm following where the first time you get your land patent, you do have to pay that one-time tax fee to get it recorded. Then after that, that's it. Okay. Um, All right, Peggy, we got about 10 minutes left here tonight. Would you be available Wednesday night to come back on? What date is that? Uh, I don't know. Ask me a hard I'll question. I'll tell you in the morning. I have to look. Okay. All right. Because we need to continue this conversation. Betty, are you hooked up yet? Betty, you want anything to? You have anything to say? I mean, I could talk all night, Marty, about all kinds of stuff. I know. I can never run out of <laughs> material. We all could. Yeah. Yep. Oh, I was yep. just thinking about how Marty was saying that you can go to all the different uh, government agencies. You go to local law enforcement, you go to FBI, you go mm-hmm. to DOJ, you go to all these different people for help, and there is no help. Well, then there's no. certain groups of people that have figured this out, and they go to um, the higher courts and, and do civil rights lawsuits or RICOs. Well, that okay. 944 bill, that's going to stop that. Because now they're concealing oh, wow. all the evidence and like that. The one um, group of people from uh, in, um, from Texas that sued the state of Florida, they sued Governor DeSantis and Ashley Moody. Well, these are the people that are passing these laws to uh, to block the evidence. Okay. The, the very people that were sued. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Governor DeSantis was sued by that group from Texas for elderly abuse, guardianship abuse. You know, and every time I hear somebody talking about going to Florida, I just almost scream, no, don't go there. And uh, you're just a sitting duck. But you know, what I'm saying is, my thoughts is that the only only resource people, the only... um, way a person could beat the system was through the higher courts and that that that's if yes. they're lucky enough to get an attorney and now that's yes. going to be stopped with that nine nine yes. nine four four bill because how well, can you I'm go seeing, to court if you can't get the evidence right and i'm seeing a lot more mm-hmm. of the supreme court here about what was it eight years ago uh issued a ruling a new rule that they would no longer hear pro se cases and they would not hear um, any guardianship conservator cases because those were in rem, meaning in motion in the states, and that made them the property and control of the state, so they couldn't get and they have ways of getting themselves out of off the hook for everything of having to make a determination and um, this thing one of the things I think desperately needs to happen in this country is busting up these bar unions um, mm-hmm. get rid of them they're a danger to the whole country. Pardon? And mm-hmm. ways to change its immunity, too. Yes. And, oh, um, yeah. You, I, I keep mean, hearing look, people, you know, go ahead. If you're go following ahead. policy and procedure, if you're a judge and you're following policy and procedure and doing your job, you don't need to worry about uh, losing your job, you know? So why would no. I need immunity if I'm a judge? I just need to follow the rules, the petitions, the motions, mm-hmm. uh, the federal laws, and not the statutory I'm more for the federal law yep. because these judges are – it's too dangerous because they can use their own opinions in these statutory laws, which a lot of people yes. don't understand. It's so dangerous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we've, Peggy, we've had – we've got cases where 
we've had these probate examiners, and these are not judges. The term judge has a specific legal meaning. These are not judges. They do not deal with law. They are hearing examiners, uh, that type of ministerial clerks. In some states, they're magistrates. Uh, yeah, you know right. Why they do and, that, uh, you know why they do what? that? Because uh, they they don't uh, the immunity. They don't have. Yeah. They can't be held responsible if they do something wrong. Like in the state of Florida, they pass legislation, and it states I'll have to find that bill to show you where it allows a judge if they, to have bad behavior. Now, why would anybody endorse and pass through a legislation allowing judge right. to have bad behavior to harm the public? Can you answer right. that question? That's called. That's called malfeasance, and I've had people at, like, agencies and stuff say, well, you can't do anything because um, we have immunity and you can't sue us. No, I can't sue your agency, and I can't sue the judiciary, but I can sue you individually in civil court. Yes, I can, Mm -hmm. and a lot of people don't realize that. Yeah, you can't go after, like, the court of so-and-so in, let's say, Pennsylvania, the odd holes, but you can go after the odd holes. Yeah. On a personal level, for malfeasance, uh, for performing acts and deeds that harmed the public, and at this point, when you do that, you have no immunity, no matter what they say. And like I say, and I want to say this again, say it strong enough: When did we decide it was all right for the judiciary, in any capacity, to vote themselves immunity and decide that they're not guilty of anything? When did we let, and the, the whole state and federal government we sat there and went, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's a problem. They would sat there, never called them on it, never said we heard it. But we did call, like, different representatives and said, well, we can't do that. That's a separation of powers. They just violated the separation of powers. They passed exactly. legislation in effect, which you are supposed Marty, to do. What we yep. need is to get them back on federal level. We need to take control of them, and we need to be able to terminate their employment when they do something that violates the federal laws. That's not what needs to be yeah. took place. And they need to be held, if they commit a federal crime, they need to be held accountable at a higher standard because they are a public yes. official and not be given uh, pardons right. from the President of the United States or given yeah. sanctions. No, you need to oh, go yeah. to prison for a crime you committed. There you no go. special there you uh, go. privileges. There you go. We're down to the end of the time here, girls. Peggy, I hope you'll consider coming back Wednesday night so we can continue this. Um, Kazi, I'm sorry you weren't able to contribute more than you did. And Betty, you got to speak up, girlfriend. (laughs) But uh, I want to thank you for coming on. This this has been an excellent show and a lot of valuable information. I say the show is available in archives. It'll take about 30 minutes after we end for the show to archive. Go back and listen to it. Take notes if you have to. She gave out a lot of good information here. And again, no one on here is claiming they are an attorney or acting as an attorney. This is through experience and what she's learned. This is her own experience personally that she is relating to you. So if anybody out there with a bar union card gets their undies in a wad, tough crunchies, baby. And um, well, All I have to do is tell people, them to go and look up the laws herself, and they can confirm what I just said. I have nothing yeah, exactly. to worry about. Yep, and uh, the law is readily available to everyone. Uh, I'm, oh, wow. I think we're going to see the day when that stops. Um, 
the idea that people can go and research the law themselves is really a thorn in many people's sides, but many of us have had to. But again, like I say, we're down at the end here. Thank you so much for coming on. And uh, well, we will be back. On. We appreciate it. Well, we're going to have you back again soon and finish this okay, up. Uh, we'll be back Sunday night with Tanya, and um, we'll start the week off with that and run right through to next Friday. Anyway, everybody have a good evening. Remember, these shows are brought to you in coordination with Marcel Reed and the Whistleblower Summit. We have an annual panel there. We will be back again, bigger and better than ever. Anyway, yeah. everyone have a good evening, and we will good talk night. to you all soon. Good night. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night. Bye-bye.